Friday night here in the Tigers Avenue. Welcome to the show, everybody. Appreciate all y'all joining in. It's going to be a great show. Things to talk about, things to discuss, things to debate, things to ponder, things to wander. <laughs> you got any more, uh, you got any more uh, vocab words there? No, no. I think that'll be it. I think that'll be okay, it. Okay, okay. Gotcha. So, Zach, I, I mean, just before, before we get into everything, um, I got to tell you what I've been playing lately. What game I've been playing lately? Okay, it's it's a classic. It'll it will never never not be fun. Maybe maybe you can take a guess at what I've been playing. Well, you only have the PS4, correct? Incorrect. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me what other console you have? I'm playing it on PlayStation 3. NCAA football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go! I mean, the game is just... It's never not fun. It's its the best game you could play, ever. Even the 2014, even as old as it is now. Yes! and I mean, the recruiting in this game is awesome. I mean... Forgot that feature is awesome. Yes. So, I mean, I'm, I'm running a dynasty. Started off <laughs> offense coordinator at the University of Buffalo. I'm now the head coach at Buffalo. So, I, I mean, dynasty's going pretty well. Dynasty's going pretty well. Won, won the Fiesta Bowl last wow. season. Congrats, congrats. You know, Buffalo's on the way up, man. They're, 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 y'all better look out for them next year, okay? Buffalo. We may come for the chip next year. Oh my gosh! Uh, I declined a job. I declined the head coaching job at Missouri to become the head coach at Buffalo because I'm dedicated to my boys like that. Oh my gosh! My see, my 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 uh, quarterback had one year of eligibility left, so I came back for his last year. Oh, so. uh, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the things we do on video games. Yes. <laughs> so, I, Zach, I can't wait for it, which they keep pushing it back. It's like 2024 now. The yeah. new college football game. I that was kind of where I was going with this. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, I, this has nothing to do with our show tonight, but I, I just had I, I wanted to talk about it because I love that game. I'm sure some of you've played it before too. <coughs> but um, it's supposed to have like the transfer portal, and you know, of course, it'll have the playoffs and all this stuff. And I, I'm excited about it. I, I just can't freaking wait. I, it can't get here soon enough. I wish EA Sports would get their crap together and get it made. And and while they're at it, why don't you make a college baseball game? Oh my gosh, if they did that, I would lose it. 
and a college basketball game. Like, how fun would it be to be able to play March Madness? Like, that would be so freaking fun. Like, it was fun. I mean, yes, I, I, back I in the PlayStation Two days when we had college great. basketball and college baseball. I played it, bro. EA Sports, make it happen. Make it happen, yeah. Zach, we need to clip this, put it on Twitter, and tag EA Sports. Bring all the college games back. Yes, bring all of them back. They're amazing. I, I mean, I would be thrilled to play a college baseball game. I mean, I would. That would just be oh, amazing. Bro. I'm with amazing. you there. I'm I'm definitely with you there. I, I wish they would do that. Needs to happen. Maybe it will now that you know they're they're back, you know getting kind NIL of and whatnot, ball yes. going. Yeah, nil and all that good stuff. Like maybe maybe they'll actually finally do it. EA Sports needs to start doing nil deals, like big nil deals for the cover of their of their video games. Yeah, I, like I, each I, year, I mean, like each year. It, so. There's definitely an opportunity there to take advantage <laughs> of. Uh, you know, some some money for them and obviously the players as well. I feel like I should be allowed to input, have an input, like a say-so in the EA Sports next college football cover. It needs to be a feature oh, to every Heisman since 2014. It needs to be. Like, it needs to be a plethora of players – from like 2015 to current, like all the Heisman, it, it needs to be with Joe Burrow at the center. In the absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Why not? So, in, anyways, that was my two cents. I've been playing that lately, and my when I have spare time, I love it. It's an amazing game, and I, I can't wait for them to come out with the new one. And y'all need to start working on college basketball and college baseball because that would be amazing. Well, I also have. Uh... Been playing video games. Shout out, shout out Balcony Bengals again. Uh, I, I made I made the purchase of a PS5. Uh, so I've heard. So I've heard. By, by the way, uh, great great console. Problem is my biggest biggest issue with it is it is a unit. It is like two times a PS4 Slim. Yeah, yeah, it is too much. Now, like I get it, like you're you're trying to like catch up with PC and get with the PC, you know, speed, PC, sure, sure. you know, graphics, all that stuff, PC ability. Like I, I, I've never played PC, but I know PC is the best way to go. And PlayStation's trying to get there, you know, with a console. And so, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of components that go into that, and that's why you have this just massive console. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. I could do without it. I'd much, right. rather, I'd much rather prefer something like the size of <laughs> like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that's – that's. anyways, anyways I've been playing yeah, that. It's fun. <laughs> they they didn't come to hear <laughs> Yeah, they didn't come to hear us talk about our, our, our recent video games. Um. Zach, let's talk about the the court controversy first, um, because I think everybody wants to hear more about the women's basketball than than the actual controversy that's been going on. Boring, like dull. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we needed we, we were we needed to discuss it just because it's it's come up, um, like it's kind of in the media right now. I, I don't know how. Anyways, the the name on the court is, is the issue. Um, if you haven't seen or not, um, but supposedly, of course, last year they they named the court Delcourt, right? Yeah. 
And I'm okay with that. I think it's great. Dale Brown Court, why not? He's probably the best coach we've ever had in our men's basketball program. Uh, took us to Final Four. Uh, I mean, had Shaq. And, you know, anyways, one of our better men's coaches, probably the best that we've had. Um, so why not honor him? Supposedly, I, you know, I, I'm not saying this is fact, Zach, but supposedly – uh, President William Tate and supposedly the governor of Louisiana has been trying to. So don't quote me on this. I'm I'm not saying this is fact. This is what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to remove his name and put Sue Gunter. And I think Sue Gunter is worthy of her of, of of her respect. She's great LSU women's basketball coach. I mean that's what she's known for. Uh, I think she's a great woman and all. I mean. I think she should be honored for what she did at, at, at LSU and what she did for the women's program. But I don't think you have to remove Dale Brown's name and then put Sue Gunter. Like, you can honor them in both ways. I've seen some people, you know, put up the idea of putting both their names, and I've seen people not like that idea. Like, it's kind of a slap to the face to Dale Brown. Like you've given him the court name and now you're kind of yeah, putting someone else's name. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily see the problem with that. Mm-hmm. Like put, put her name on one side and put his name on the other. Like yeah. they're both great basketball coaches in the history of LSU. That's fine. If you don't want to do that, leave Dale Brown's name there and give Sue some kind of other honor within the PMAC, like, or, or outside of the PMAC, like, do something else. You don't have to take his name. The, the problem I have with their basketball facility, you know, <laughs> right? Like exactly. Like I, I don't, I don't see the pro. Like I don't see the problem with honoring Sue Gunter whatsoever. I agree at, at all. And I, I see people upset about the idea of putting both their names on the court. I necessarily don't have a problem with it, but I don't. I do have a problem with the idea of removing. Dale Brown's name. You don't give the man the honor of naming the court after him and then strip that of him a year later. That's just that's just wrong. I mean, it's just plain wrong. You gave it to him. Stick. It was a twelve to three vote. Twelve to three vote to name Dale Brown court. It was a very majority vote, and to to do that and then take it back more so, more so. I think it would look bad on LSU than it would be a slap to Dale Brown's face. But I think it would be both at the same time. But more so, I think that's just not – that does not look good to LSU. You honor a guy and then you take his name away when he hasn't done anything wrong. Like, what has Dale Brown, like, done, like, to deserve his name being removed? You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't done anything. Yeah, I have to agree with you. To be, like, brutally honest – with all this, I don't really care. Exactly. I don't care which way it goes. I don't care what they decide. I don't care. I, I just don't. Uh, probably because, you know, if there was nothing going on in the world of LSU, then I'd probably, you know, maybe be a little bit more interested, but not really. But, you know, with women's basketball going on and, of course, <laughs> baseball quickly coming up, I just don't care. I do no. agree with you. Um, I think it's disrespectful to take away the name. I, I don't think I don't think it is a bad thing to add Sue 
anywhere, no. uh, whether it be on the opposite side of the court or whether it be, a, you know, a different part of basketball ops or whatever that um, that they honor her in. Like, I, I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it should be a problem for the Dell camp either if they honor her and keep his name. Like, I right. mean, you know how they do it. You know, the basketball <laughs> they kind of put it like in the kind of upper corner, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, just, just put it diagonal. You know, put it on the opposite side, flip it, and you know, if you want, if you want to put her name, then do that. But honestly, Reagan, it don't, don't matter. Care. I mean, if you want Everybody's to, all up in arms about it. I'm like, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I, I get it because there's history there, and you don't want to dishonor him. Like, so I, I'm, I'm okay with that. But number one, I don't even know why it's a discussion. Like it should not be discussed to remove his name. You gave him the honor. Stick to honoring him. He hasn't dishonored the the university in any way to deserve to be to have it removed. Yeah. So don't do it. Like don't take his name off. That that don't make sense to me. That's what I have a problem. I agree. Other than that, honor Sue Gunner any way you want to. Just don't take Dale's name away. If you want to, every women's basketball game. Say, welcome to the PMAC. We're playing on Sue Gunter Court. And in every men's basketball game, say, welcome to the PMAC. We're playing on Dale Brown Court. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? She coached women's basketball. Call it Sue Gunter Court when the women are playing. He coached men's basketball. Call it Dale Brown Court when the men are playing. Like, it don't matter. Why does it have to be one or the other? Exactly. It does not have to be one or the other. You don't got to remove him. to put hers. Ryan said it. Building court, field, stadium, names do not win games. It does exactly. At the end exactly. of the day, I mean, for the people that love and support those people, is it going to matter to them? Yes, of course. Sure. Sure. It is it to is going to matter to those people specifically? Yes. To everyone else, does it matter? No. Do you think the players right now, men's and women's basketball, both those teams, do you think they care? About no. whose names on the court, no. they don't. And if you do, I'm sorry to tell you that that they don't. So the players, um, yeah, no, but no. they don't care. And I would even say, probably the coaches right now. Now the coaches the, would say something. The coaches for would PR something. for PR, but in the grand scheme of things, I don't. They, I, I don't think they're flying for the doodles. I do think you know maybe Kim would probably appreciate you know them honoring sure. Sue. Sure. Um, I think that would be, you know, and she would recognize that. But Eventually, ultimately, Kim's ultimately whenever you get outside of, you know, for PR needs with the coaches and those people specifically and their their family, you know, friends right. that support them specifically, it doesn't matter. Right now, it's a big topic because it's a it's a media topic. I mean, people are discussing it because it is a hot button topic. For media members to discuss, it's and that's why it's something for them to cover. It's, it's something, something for them, for them to, cover. to cover, and that's what they're doing. They're covering that right now because it's a controversy. It's an issue, right? And that's what yeah. people want to hear. They want to hear what's you know what's all the drama going on right now. Well, my basketball court, right? I don't care. My thing is, is I, I don't even know why it's a discussion. People are saying it's political, and if it's political, we like. We need to stop. Like, like, come on. Are we really going to politicize the name of our court now? Like, I 
I fully would understand if Dale Brown like just shame did something horrible and brought shame to the program. Probably in the best interest to take the name off the court and put Sue Gunter. Sure, Dale Brown hasn't done anything though, yeah. and it, it is a it is a dishonor to him and bad on LSU to do that. Just honor them both. They they both did great things for LSU. They they both contributed to the LSU programs and what they are today. Great people. Neither of them done anything wrong. Honor them both in some way. What's, like what's let, the and let's move with, on. What and is let's the problem on. with saying this is the Dale Brown and Sue Gunter court? That people are. That's my thing. Like people are saying it diminishes Dale, and I'm like, no, it, it doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. You're honoring both. It doesn't. I, I, I would love to hear. I don't know how Dale feels about this, but I would love to hear what he has to say about it. I, I, I'm sure he appreciates the honor, but I don't know if he gives. I don't even know if he cares. You know what I mean? Like, it's a great like when it's someone. I don't know, Zach. Someone feels honored to be, you know, honored in that way, but I feel like he's not going to throw a hissy fit over it, right? I like, mean, if his name is not getting taken down. Then I don't I don't see why he would have a problem with it. <clears throat> no, I, I don't see him having a problem with putting Sue Gunters along his. Anyways, yeah. Now taking his down, obviously, I would be upset about that. Sure, sure. You know, anyway, if, if it was me, and I and I was hearing that they were going to take my name <laughs> off the court after they just did it, I'd be upset about it. I yeah. mean, I, I I wouldn't understand that. And that's you know the the topic right now. That's the discussion. Is well, let's let's take it down and let's put up. Just honor both. I'm with you, hundred percent. My my main concern is why is it an issue of of the president to do so? Like, why is that? You, why is that what you're thinking? Like, why is that your solution to honor one person is to take someone's name off? Like, surely you can think of a better idea. Like, yeah. like let's have a better idea with this. Anyways, I think we spent enough time on it. Uh, I don't. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. If it plays out any particular way, we'll we'll give our thoughts on it. Um, just honor them both. Don't don't take one's name away. So, anyways, speaking of basketball and the basketball court, um, the Lady Tigers had a tight tight game last, last night. Two. The last two we haven't we haven't cut, we've cut, had to because uh, uh, we sure, sure. Friday they played on uh, Saturday Sunday against Tennessee. No, they played Monday against Tennessee. Monday, yeah. and then they. You know, had two days off, and then went right back to it on Thursday. Um, yeah, so, so the Tennessee game was expected to be close. I, yeah. I think the Tennessee game was expected to be close. I think that's why, you know, it was it was a wide out, huge crowd. Uh, Zach, holy cow! It was like a it was a it was a record breaking crowd. Yes. Never has anyone or any sporting event at the PMAC had that many people there. I mean, it was. Yeah. A, a venue uh, record-breaking crowd. So kudos to Kim Mulkey to continue to make this program a, you know, everybody wants to watch it. Like, yes. everybody is watching it. People are going to games. You just broke a record. A Thursday night against Georgia had a great crowd again. Like, the the women's program is doing everything right right now. Yes. Everything right. And it's because you have Kim Mulkey at the helm. So who who gives a flying fladoodle whose name's on the court? <laughs> Once Kim Mulkey wins five national championships, it might be her name on the court. 
<laughs> anyway, at all. You said what now? I said I don't disagree with you there at all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, anyways, that, I mean they, they're they're killing it, Zach. But yeah, two tight games. I mean, what do you make? I guess I guess we can talk about the Tennessee game. I mean, that was a great game. That was a energetic game, back and forth, competitive. What, what were your thoughts on the Tennessee game? Uh, on the Tennessee game, I think LSU played a team that was ready uh, for LSU. I mean, they're undefeated in the SEC. Uh, there was only there's only uh, three teams in the SEC whenever that game was played that were undefeated, and it was LSU Tennessee in conference play. In, yeah, yeah, in conference play. Uh, LSU Tennessee South Carolina. Obviously, Correct. Tennessee has taken some losses, but to go undefeated in conference play uh, against a really good conference is very impressive. And so you had a battle of the two unbeaten's in in conference play, um, and we knew it was going to be a tightly contested ball game. Tennessee's good. I know they they're like what seventeen <laughs> and six or after the loss they were like seventeen and five coming into the game. Something like, like that. I know yeah. that's you know a little misleading, and um, you know you you might look at that and go, oh well, we should beat them. No, Tennessee's a really good team. They're eight zero in conference. <laughs> yeah, like. Um, and I'm going blank on her name, but no, number two for Tennessee, I forgot. Yeah, her name. yeah, yeah. Dude, she's a baller, you. and she's she's a potential WNBA draft pick. Like, she's good. She's really freaking good. And so, you know, they had their work cut out for them. Um, you know, the last two games, they've they've struggled with turnovers and shooting. Um, yeah. Specifically yeah. turnovers. Uh, now they did a a lot better job last night uh, of forcing turnovers than turning the ball over, um, but they didn't convert on the turnovers that they got last night. Uh, then of course against Tennessee, they had the struggles there of their own with the turnovers. So there's definitely some things to be cleaned up. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say this, Reagan. I have uh, praised Angel Reese for in everything, and I will continue to do so. She's amazing. I think she deserves to be on the tops for the Wooden Award, as we discussed yep. last week. Um, all those things. But I I think Angel Reese can do a better job of going up strong um, and taking better shot, uh, shot selections within the paint. There are yep. some times that she gets the ball in the block and she doesn't get good positioning and she still throws up a shot. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I mean, she's good. <laughs> she's a great player. Um, so it's not like, you know, it's it's going to be a, you know, <laughs> a, a no point a no point or effortless shot. But <clears throat> I still think she can do a better job of taking better shot selections. And a lot of times it, it seems like she just doesn't, like, go up strong. Like, she kind of just throws it up there every now and then. Yeah. Like, I want to see her put the ball down. Go up strong and finish. Like I just don't right. like Alexis Morris is great at that. She is yeah. phenomenal at fin- and we'll talk about Alexis Morris because obviously she had a massive night against Tennessee. Career night. And yeah. obviously had the shot against Georgia. So like I want to see more of that. And I mean Angel Reese is still still young. You know, we look at her as kind of a veteran, but she's a true sophomore. So she's yeah. got some growing to do. I think she can work on 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 finishing better in the paint. Um, I think that's an area that they should focus on moving forward, especially if they want to make a long run into the postseason and and a bid at the national championship. To move on from her, uh, 
like I just mentioned, Alexis Morris has been phenomenal. Um, we saw her role kind of change here early on in the season. Um, you know, she transitioned more to the point guard, wasn't scoring as much. A lot of the scoring was going, obviously, to Angel Reese. And obviously, right. Flage has had a good season scoring as well. So we saw her kind of, you know, her role change a little bit. And then we saw her come off the bench. And that seemed to put a spark in her because she has been really, really good scoring-wise yeah. uh, since then. She put up 31 against Tennessee. She put up 15 against uh, Georgia the other night. And she just takes smart shot selections. You see the veteranship in her as compared to the youth in uh, Angel Reese in the, with the shot selection. Yeah. Um, she finishes strong. Uh, when, she, when she pulls that little mid-range jumper, bro, it's like, it is like yeah. it almost feels like against Tennessee. It was, like, it was automatic. Now she did struggle a little bit against Georgia, right? When it mattered the most, she hit. You know, she stepped up, um, and she hit a massive shot to you know protect and uh, keep the undefeated season alive uh, with Georgia potentially upsetting. So uh, yeah, I mean, last two games were exhilarating. Um, and dad and, and my, even mom, you know, got to finally kind of watch those two games and they were into it. Um, it, it's something to your point that you made about Kim Mulkey, like yeah. she is building something with LSU. And I wanted to say this because a lot of the girl players, they've been kind of talking about this on social media and even Alexis talked about it today a lot. And I encouraged her and quote tweeted her about it. Like there's too many and I know this sounds bad because this is not a bad thing, but it's a mentality thing. I think it's the wrong mentality. She made a, a statement that they're, you know, basically what the gist of her tweet was, you know, we need less supporters of the team and more people that are coming for the entertainment. We don't really want the people that are coming to support the team. I mean, obviously that's a good thing. We want the people that are there because they want to be there to enjoy the entertainment of women's college basketball. Yeah. And they and her and Angel Reese have been making a push that the narrative for women's sports and specifically women's college basketball needs to change. There needs to be more heart, there needs to be more passion, uh, more of right. girls expressing their emotions in the game. And I love that. I mean, yeah. whenever Alexis Morris hit that three last night, she flexed on a brush and she she was like going she nuts. She was screaming. She she was flexing. She like chest bumped Alexis Morris. She <laughs> was like, she was having a blast. Now, also, I mean, you had, uh, you had Diamond on uh, that played for Georgia. Yeah, um, yeah. And listen, listen. You know, yeah. She, she was mocking. She was mocking Angel Reese. Yeah, but, she did. but I love it. She's she's trash talking her, bro. Like, right. That's awesome. Diamond battles. I mean, you got what you deserve because you don't mock. Angel Reese, and then it, you know, expect to just, you know, walk over, get then, away with it. Yeah, get away with it. You got what you deserved. And she had a phenomenal night. She scored 22. Yeah, she, did. she did. But guess what? Angel scored 23. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, for the record. Uh, and in the words of uh, Aunt Marshall, uh, Petty Murphy, how's that ale taste? <laughs> uh, dude, that was awesome. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, but. I saw. I mean, even even that, you know, she's showing a passion for the game. She's yeah. she she's down there like mocking Angel Reese because she's having a great game. Like, yeah, they need more of that. And then, I mean, you think about the other night in the Tennessee game, Poa 
gets an all draws an offensive foul. She's clapping, and they call her. They for call a tag. That was. So Are you lame. serious? It was lame. We're calling text for a player clapping, and I get it. I get it. Like she was kind of directing the clap towards the. Well, players. of course. But like you don't, see, you're not gonna see that in a men's game. Like if a play, no. if a player gets up and looks at it, and, and and another guy looks at the dude and he's clapping. Now if he says something and he says something, you know. Right, that's like vulgar or, or demeaning, like yeah, they're probably gonna call a take. But if he, she didn't say nothing, she just went, no. like you know, kind of gave her the you know yeah. look and then clapped and beep, teed her up. Stupid, yeah. stupid. In a men's game, that does that never gets called. No, it don't. If they, they say don't. something inappropriate or demeaning, it gets called. Yes, but if they're just clapping at them and celebrating at them, they're not gonna call it. They call a tech. That pissed me off. There needs to be a change. In women's sports, there needs to be a recognition of these girls' passion for the game, and we need to stop expecting them to to treat the sport and a, a sport that they love, you know, like they they gotta walk on eggshells because they're girls. No, no, they have a passion for the game, and I yeah. completely get that. You know, why why do you have to why do you have to withhold yourself from what you love so much? Right. We're not going to you know, we're, we're not going to ask you, Reagan. Hey, hey, you know, we know you love to preach and we know you love God. <laughs> and we know you love Jesus, but maybe just withhold that passion a little bit. Right. Nobody's going to do that. Right. No. And this is what these girls are doing. These girls are living out their dream. They're li- they're They are fulfilling their passion. No, let them let them live it out. Let them express yeah. themselves. Now, obviously, you know if it gets out of hand and you gotta, you know, there's something said, there's something done, you know, that's sure. inappropriate. Obviously, understandable. You know, you know, there's it's it's a situational thing. But right now, we're at a place where they're not really letting them express themselves. Yeah, honestly, whenever they, whenever she clapped like that and got the tech, you know, and then Angel Reese stood up and did the, you know, I ate that. And then hit a little dance, like yeah. after it. That was more than like clap. Yeah, I, I was. I thought she was going to get a tech for it. I, I really did. Me too. And, and I mean, I mean, I didn't care, but I was like, if she, you know, that was that, way more than what last yeah. year did. That was yes. way more. Yes. So, anyways, it, it it was it was a little bit inconsistent, I think, in that aspect. And and you're absolutely right. They they need to be able to do just like the men do. Celebrate just like the men do, because um, they're good. I mean, they're very good. They're undefeated. They they need to be able to do that all they want to because they deserve it. Right. I mean, what obviously, you like you said, if it gets out of hand, I can understand a tech clapping at the girl like that was uncalled. Like the tech was not worthy of that. I agree, Reagan, so <laughs> But I discussed it. What do you make of these last two games and the the really close performances, kind of sluggish performances by LSU? Poor shooting. They only shot 35%. I'm looking at now. Uh, they only shot 35% from the floor. Uh, free throw shooting continues to be an issue. Yeah, uh, yeah. percent They did shoot. Four, they shot, uh, let's see. Good grief. 45 free throws. 45 free throws. They made 62% of them. That continues to be an issue. Yeah, it does. Um, this was in the Georgia game. So, you know, what What do you make of the struggles? Uh, how do they need to correct them moving forward? You got, I mean, really, uh, you know, pun intended, you got a layup game coming up um, against Texas A&M before the big matchup with South Carolina and the the, the whole week break. 
Yeah, you know, I, I have to agree with you a little bit. There's times when um, it's like Angel is forcing something. Yes. I, I think that's a good way to put it. She's trying to force something to happen when it may not be there. Um, and so some of the shots, like whenever it goes up, you're like, ew. Yeah. Not as good- it, it wasn't there, right? I think I think what she ends up trying to do is draw a foul and the foul like, you know, and the foul don't get called. And, you know, anyways, I, I think there's a little bit of a like she's forcing some things up when she shouldn't be. I think you made a great point. She is a true sophomore. So there's a lot she can learn. Uh, under Kim and uh, and can mature because she is a true sophomore, whereas Alexis Morris is a fifth-year senior. So I, I do want to see that improve a little bit. Um, absolutely. The, the free throws, the only reason you were in the game against Georgia is because they continually fouled you. And, and turned the ball over. And they turned the ball over a lot. And gave up offensive – like. LSU was dominating on offensive rebounds. They were dominating yep. on the turnover margin, and they were dominating and getting to the line. And it was a very close game. It was a very close game. It shouldn't have been. If I mean, if you're hitting your free throw, I think he said at one point, like if you if you make half of the ones you missed, half of the Not ones you missed, like you'd have had like a x amount point lead. Like you got to do better at the stripe. When, when a team puts you on the line that many times, it should not be that close. should not be that close. But, hey, I think, you know, they got a reality check. Man, Tennessee's a good team. Like, I expected it to be that way. Yeah. It was a hard-fought game. Great win. Georgia, on the other hand, I think they're a well-coached team. Yeah. They have a, you know, they're year one under that new lady who came from UCF. I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her name. But – and she has not, is good. She's good. She's a great coach. Um, she hasn't had a season where where one of her teams have won less than 22 games. She's a great coach. Yeah. And she's been coached for 22 years, has been in the postseason 18 of those 22 years. And one of the three years that she didn't make the postseason was a COVID year. So, great coach. So, they're like nobody to just glance over. For sure. But again – it's a first-year coach with a transfer-loaded team, and they were four and five in the SEC. You expected to win this game, and probably win it, you know, comfortably. Maybe not commandingly or dominantly, but you expected to win this game on your own court comfortably. But Georgia came ready to play. Maybe it's what the what they needed, sort of a wake-up call. Like, hey, we can't just cruise through every game. We got to come ready to play every night. Because this is how it is in the SEC, um, so that you know, I think it was good for the team to have to grind out two wins. I think yeah, it was good for them to do that. I think a lot of uh, you know probably that also you know probably a factor was a, there was a quick turnaround. I mean, two days is a quick turnaround. Yeah, you know they're used to a you know around a four day turnaround. Um, <sighs> you had to play game month. You know, typically they're playing on Sunday. And then they're turning around on Thursday and playing, but this was Monday, Thursday, so you know, not not a you know a long, not, not a typical turnaround, a very shortened turnaround. So you know, I, I would also attribute probably some of the the sluggishness to that as well. Uh, it could be, could be, um, but you definitely got to do better at the stripe when a team puts you there that often because you make those shots. When you you're given a shot to, 
when you put on the free throw line and if you make your shots, like it wouldn't have been as close as the game as it was. Um, but you're yeah. also Zach, you're shooting. That's what that's another thing I want to point out. They've gone through some shooting droughts. Um, they did so in the Tennessee game. In the Georgia game, they went on a on it was over nine minutes. Over nine minutes they went on a scoring drought. And that just can't happen. You can't yeah. go nine minutes without scoring. Um so I don't know when it comes to shooting. If it, if I think it is a shot selection issue, find some better shots because you can't go on nine minute scoring droughts and beat South Carolina. You can't. Yeah. It won't happen. Well, and I think I think Georgia exposed LSU a little bit um, with running a zone because LSU had a very difficult time. Oh my being, gosh! Getting it to the paint was getting was it inside. I mean, they they were able to get it in the paint, but do anything with it in the paint, that was issue. And you know they uh, Georgia forced a lot of turnovers once it got to the paint, but Daisy yeah. Williams and Angel struggled to hold on to the basketball once it got into the paint, and they struggled to get positioning inside the paint. So you know that that's scary. Um, you know as we head into. Um, what looks like uh, going to be the battle of the two undefeateds uh, at South Carolina. They have got to, they've got to do a lot better on shooting free throws, turnovers. If they expect to beat the number one team in the country here. I will say Zach tip of the cap, because we haven't mentioned it yet. Tip of the cap to LaDazia uh, in the fourth quarter, put up 10 points. Yeah. Had a, had a great fourth quarter and kept you in that game. For sure. Uh, because, you know, it when it when the third quarter ended and went to the fourth quarter, you know, we were at a low point and you were like, Boy, we gotta turn it around real quick. And Georgia comes out in the fourth quarter and punches you in the mouth and makes it a nine point game quickly. Yep. So kudos to Ladesia for turning that back around and keeping us in the game. For she sure. put up ten points. She had zero points all night. Fourth quarter put up ten points. So tip of the cap to her to uh, kind of command the fourth quarter and keep us in it to be able to send it to overtime so that we had a chance to win, and ultimately they did. So I, I think it was a, a game they needed to have to to be like, yo, like we can't just tap out and and put it on cruise control every night in the SEC. For like sure. We got to come ready every night. So yeah, I'm looking forward to – I know A&M may be somewhat of a, a breeze game, but, man – you can't overlook it, no. but that South Carolina game is going to be massive. It's going to be huge. It's going to be awesome. I mean, I'm going to watch it. Uh, Zach, real briefly, got to – I mean, I guess we'll say something. Oh, I got something to say. The men's team plays Alabama tomorrow. Thankfully, it's in the PMAC, but – doesn't matter. <laughs> anyways. I might be uh, – finding something else to do. I will turn it on. I, I always turn the games on, and I watch them. I turn I them on. The, I watch the Missouri game until it got to about a minute left in the game. Um, We'll see how long I watch the Alabama game, but I'm going to turn it on. I, I don't, I don't, you know, just say, well, I, you know, I, you know, I'm done with them. I'm not going to even turn the game on. But we're not, done with them. we're not done with them. It's just difficult to watch. I still, I'm still pulling for you. But if it comes a blowout again, you know, I, I can do something better. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, anyways. So, what was you about to say? Oh, I was about to say. Uh, I, I, the next topic we got, obviously, I get to is the AFC Championship game. Uh, disappointing way uh, for the Bengals to end. I do got to say though, <clears throat> very disappointed with the officiating crew. <clears throat> there was a lot missed, and as you know, I usually don't blame games on the officiating crew. I think I, I'm not blaming this one on the officiating crew, but I think there was a lot of missed calls and calls that went in the Bills' way that altered that game. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it came down to, you know, when you needed it most, the offensive line could not hold yeah. up enough. Which was shocking so- after how they played. <clears throat> it is. But look, you were down. You're down three stars. Lyle Collins was out for the season. Uh, Alex Kappa was out. Jonah Williams was out. Like, <laughs> your main dudes were out, and you know you already were. You know, obviously last year they were horrible, and then yeah. you kind of held yourself out this off season. And where you helped yourself out this off season, they were not playing. So yeah. <clears throat> really, you know, you know, not able to protect Joe. Um, and then, obviously, just the ill-advised mistake at the end there by Osai to shove oh, out Patty Mahomes uh, on that yeah. run. You know, he's going out of bounds. You had gotten a stop, and they were going to have to make a 60-yard field goal in order to win the game. Uh, I, I'd much – you know, with – Yeah. Um, I'm going blank on the kicker's name. I know – Buckner. Harrison Buckner. Buckner. I knew it was B. Uh, you know, with Buckner, you know – I'm a lot more comfortable with him kicking a 60 than him kicking a 45. 45, I'm yeah, going. When it was 45, I was like, game over. Game over. You're hitting yeah. – you should be hitting 45 pretty automatically yeah. in the NFL. In the NFL, in the NFL, in the NFL 45 – 50. In the NFL, 50 is almost automatic for most kickers. In the NFL. Should be. Um, should be. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> look, look – um, Great season by the Bengals. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Joe and Jamar, they killed it. They'll um, be right back in the mix. They're going to be right, right back in the mix because they're going to continue to add depth and key pieces to the offense. Look, look, you got the skill players. You got the skill players. You got Joe at QB, obviously T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Jamar Chase, obviously. Um, then Joe Mixon and P. Ryan. I think I, think I would be interested to – see them, you know, get kind of more of a speedster. You know, I think Joe Mixon is kind of the reliable, you know, you know, back. He can kind of do it. He's kind of the do it all back. You know, Samaje's more of the uh pounder. You know, I, I mean they're both good backs, but I think they yeah. need, you know, maybe someone that's young and just a you know hit a home run type player. Right. Um but we'll see what they do in the offseason. Uh, disappointing ending. Be drafting some O linemen. Draft O linemen and draft corner. Okay. Corner. <clears throat> Looking. Um. Yeah, the calls were bad. Right. There was a lot of. They they missed. They missed. Uh, Definitely missed a roughing the passer. <clears throat> they missed the yeah, roughing the passer. Cheap, that was a cheap shove <clears throat> on Joe. They missed roughing the passer on the play that Patty got fouled. Uh, foul like it's basketball, but on the play <laughs> that, that, shoved, he, yeah. that he fouled <laughs> Patrick Mahomes the shove. Um, they missed. There's a hold. Yeah, a holding. Um, there was other points in the game where it was just bad calls <laughs> that that went the Bills. I, I, I'm not the Bills. Uh, the Chiefs way. Like, just unfortunate. Uh, you know the officiating. And look, it wasn't bang. Just Bengals fans. There was, you know, 
you know, media NFL media personalities that are unbiased yeah. that were coming out there saying this is very one-sided. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then apparently, you know, it was found out. I don't know. This is com- probably completely just uh, – I-, I don't know how factual this is at all. So <laughs> do not quote me on it. But apparently, you know, like the, the head ref's son made a massive bet on – the Chiefs, and he was asked about it. He was asked about it, and he's like, oh, I had no idea that, you know, my son had you know, made that. <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but I saw that, oh, and I was wow. like, oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So, anyways, regardless. But also, hey, the NFC, good grief. What a story of quarterbacks at the 49ers. Like, I ha- like, y'all, they were literally talking about putting – like their fullback at quarterback, like or their backup running back, whatever that is. You had your third string quarterback in, like your third string quarterback's in, he gets hurt, and your fourth string quarterback comes in and he gets hurt. Yeah, and you're out of quarterbacks. Yeah, you got your third string back out there playing with a torn UCL. (laughs) Like this is, I I mean, that was, I, I mean, the Eagles won it. I don't know how fair of a game it was. Like <laughs> I will say, you know, we're discussing this briefly. We're about because we're about to get into baseball. But look, I really think the Eagles are about to smack on the Chiefs. I, I think the Eagles are going to win it this year. I think the Eagles are going to win it. They like they are. Just they have the defense. Up. They, got they the have defense, the offense, and they have the offense. They have everything, and the Chiefs don't have a. They have a good, not great defense. They have a great yeah. offense, but they have a good, not great defense yeah, yeah. and the eagles have both yeah all right zach we need to hit a quick break uh because we're pretty deep in the show here and we will finish our final segment with the infield i'm pretty excited hit to talk it. about this one zach Me so too. let's hit a quick break and we'll discuss it right after this five star hero your intro and outro music for the tigers avenue show they ain't ready for that lsu go check out all of his other music on all the major platforms don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Saints Anthem and at Twitter at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. Hey, Zach, one question. Are we going to leave the catcher for the pitching night? Are we gonna, are we gonna yeah, leave? I was, I was wondering about that. Uh, I, think, I think we need to leave that for the pitching it. night. Because yeah, that, that, that's a part of pitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, so, okay, anyways, Zach. We're going to discuss I, third, short, second, and first. Okay, that, that's, that sounds great. Because I did want to discuss all of them, even though we know there are some set players. Yes. Like I wanted to discuss them. So sure. third base, obviously it it very well is going to be Tommy White. Is that what do you Tommy Tanks? So, Tommy Tanks. I'll give my take on this. What do you think about it? So from what I've heard, you are at a better position defensively than you were right. last year. Jacob Berry was a first-round pick, and he did have a little bit of struggles at third base. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he He did. He had some struggles at third base. 
and they are saying you are better defensively. Uh, okay. I, I heard, uh, you know, Muse does, uh, Matthew Muso does a podcast. He discussed a play where they hit a bunt down the third base line and Tommy White charged it and, you know, you know, barehanded it and sidearmed it to first base. Perfection. Um, and I, I get it. Like Tommy's kind of a bigger guy, right? So like you don't. So was Jacob. He was a little stockier. Yeah, I mean, but Tommy, Tommy's bigger than Jacob. Sure, Tommy, sure. Tommy, Tommy's bigger. He's a bigger guy. So like you're not really expecting him to be like soup as athletic as he is, but he is. He may surprise um, you. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He is surprisingly more athletic than I thought, and I think a lot of people thought. And for somebody, you know, for for people that are watching these scrimmages and and you know that are talking to coaches, for them to come out and say, "Hey, we might actually be better defensively at third base this year than oh by the way, first round draft pick Jacob Berry that was holding <laughs> it last year." Yeah, like that's massive. Um, and you want to work on the fielding. We know that most of the issues error wise came in the infield. Uh, obviously, we know, yeah. you know about the injury to, to Jordan. Obviously, Jacob had his struggles at third. Trey Morgan was injured almost all year, um, playing with the brace, as we mentioned last last week. So very, very like you were unhealthy. Unhealthy, yeah. You were un- unhealthy infield. You're. I don't know if it's unhealthy, but not not a hundred percent for not sure. percent for sure. Now you're 100, percent and you might actually be better defensively at third. The spot you've got to replace two spots, right? You got to replace K. Doty. Now I will say, I think you take a step back. You know, they're saying you're going to take a step forward defensively um, at third base. I do think you're going to take a step back at second base because K. Doty was phenomenal last year defensively. He was he was good last. Well, I shouldn't say phenomenal. He was. I, he yeah, was, I was about to say he was. He was. Out of the out of all the infielders, he was the best. He had your best year. He, he was, your, yeah, was it wasn't great, no, but he had your best year defensively out of the infield yeah. who had a horrible year last right, year. Right, right. So you know, you I, I do think you take a step back there. Um, <coughs> not so defensively, but overall, overall talent, I think you take a step back there because K Doty. I mean, he's a really great pitcher. Obviously, uh, not not pitcher, really great player. Obviously, got drafted. You know, to replace him is going to be tough. And he's doing uh, well, by the way. He's doing yeah. well for himself. And he was a large, he was a large part of your offense last year. And K. Doty last year was clutch. He came up in clutch moments a lot. So you know who yeah, becomes who becomes that guy um, that 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 is able to step up in clutch moments. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see who takes it. But um, you know, obviously we know. Uh, per Jay Johnson, now a lot of people have speculated short. They're like, okay, we got Gavin Gidry coming in. Jordan Thompson had a really rough year last year. We find out, oh, he's a deal with he dealt with an injury. A lot of people thought before they really knew. Well, shortstop's going to be open next year. And per Jay Johnson, it, it is not. Jay so I need to get. I need to get is the shortstop. Yeah, I need. I need to get my take on third base. I need to get my take. So. That was my uh, – what you just said made me feel a little bit better because last year we had Jacob Berry in the lineup because he had to be in the lineup, and he was at third base. Yeah. That's the best place we could find for him. Yeah. And it sounds like – I think that is still what we are doing with Tommy Tanks. I, like, that is still what we are – like, he's going to be in the lineup 
Because he and this it. is the place we have for him. Yes. Um. So when we when you do that defensively, it worries me. Now, I I wasn't say I wasn't worried to the point where I was like, well, maybe he'll be better and worse than Jacob than Jacob Barry. It's just the fact that like I'd never seen him play defense, and he didn't last year. At NC State, he was DH, and I think he played a little first base. So this is you know. He, he's college level. It's his first time doing it, right? At the college level, it's his first time doing it. So that was my concern. Um, I definitely want it to be better than last year. That's for sure. So if it's going to be better than last year, I, I'm excited about that. That's, the, that's no doubt cool. he belongs in the lineup, and he's going to be the third baseman. But I am curious to see how he does defensively. I, I want to see that uh, for myself, for sure. Um, so I, 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 that makes me feel a little bit better that you've been hearing that because um, I haven't heard much about it. Which maybe not hearing anything is a, a good thing. Good thing, right? So, <clears throat> shortstop Zach, like you were just saying, Jordan Thompson. Anyways, go ahead. Well, I mean, it's gonna be Jordan Thompson. I mean, there's really no discussion, no debate about it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, like in probably some midweek games, and whenever they rest him, you know, they'll probably shuffle Gavin Gidry over there uh, to get because I mean, he is the future at shortstop there. Uh, when Jordan leaves, you know, he's he's going to be the guy there at shortstop. So, um, which I think Jordan – is this Jordan's last year or he'll have one more year? He is a junior, right? junior so yeah. he could come back if he, he wants. To. He could come back if he wants. Let's see how he does this year. Um, but I, mean, I think he's gone. I think, I think he might he has a good year, I think he's gone. I agree. Like, if, he, if they win the national championship, he's probably gone. Yeah. Um, so – you know, he's I think he'll be gone down. even if he does if they don't win the national championship. First base we know is gonna be Trey Morgan, no argument. Um, how much does he how much, you know, is there a potential that he goes to outfield? Maybe, as we have said, I don't whenever, think it's we, be, whenever we were discussing yeah. the outfield, I don't even think his name's in the mix unless they're just having fun. Uh and there's yeah. like, hey Trey, you know, like go out there and catch some fly balls. Like, yeah, just had like they're they're Beating the crud out of somebody, and they're like, "Hey, Trey, you want to go? You know, catch the fly balls? Yeah, sure." Um, so I think he's a lot. Which you know, we mentioned, you know, he wasn't healthy last year, so having him at 100% health this year is already just great to hear. Oh, really man. excited to see him 100%. I mean, you saw him his freshman year, awesome. Even last year with a massive brace on, he still was making well. Place. So now he's 100% healthy. He's in his third year. Uh, let's see him take a step up. Yeah, now, there was there was moments last year when you're like, you know, why couldn't he? You know, why why did he get that one? Why yeah. you know? Because we had seen what Trey did last year. Correct. Like Trey last year was like, okay, this is a normal first baseman, right? Like like Trey freshman year is like superhuman, right? So yeah. I think we're gonna get back to not not to degrade Trey in any means from what you know last year. Dude played, you know, with that knee brace on and played very well uh, considering the circumstances. For but sure. it's it's definitely going to be excited to see him free of that, right, and 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 100%. So I'm very pumped because, I mean, he was making plays last year with a brace on that some people can't make, you know, 100% sure. healthy. And you've already seen some of the clips coming out of the scrimmages. Like, mm-hmm. and we know Demui – few weeks back was like I ain't ain't nobody making that place that play at first base but Trey Morgan and he's the only one making it so 
really excited to see him get back healthy and and, and sure. be at first base because I have never – I think this is true for anybody who's an LSU baseball fan. I, I don't know if there's ever been a more exciting first baseman ever. Athletic-wise, like, athletic no. <laughs> like, it's, it's incredible. It really is. It's incredible. So, Reagan, the biggest question of the infield Absolutely. is the base. Absolutely. Give me your take. Last last week, uh, you had me start with the take on right field. I want to hear your take first. Okay. So, <sighs> Jay Johnson is not naming a starter. Mm-mm. Like, there's not going to be a starter. He listed four, I think. Four guys. Four guys. Four guys. Yeah. Four guys. And from, from what Jay Johnson is saying, all will contribute. So, to start the year, we're going to see guys worked in and out. And it's going to be situational. Who's pitching that day for the other team? And how does one of these four guys line up against that guy? And what's the best matchup? So at the beginning of the year, I think we're going to see that. And I think what they're hoping to happen is someone takes control defensively, offensively, and takes the position and runs with it. Yes, for sure. So here's the four guys, just just for to have it out there, so you know. Uh, if you don't, I'm looking at their uh, which way they bat because I'm <laughs> Gavin Yidry, the freshman, Gavin Dugas, the veteran, yep, the newcomer Ben Napolt, and then the transfer from last year from LSU Eunice Jack Merrifield, who you have been hearing a lot about. So yeah. here's my take. Here's my take. Okay. Gavin Dugas, veteran guy. I think he's going to play a lot. I don't think Gavin takes control of the position. I don't. Here's why. Number one, and this is not to his not saying the injury is withholding is holding him back. He just had eye surgery recently, and he is full go. This like like I think it was the last scrimmage or the next scrimmage. Yeah. And, you know, we're like two weeks out. So he has not been healthy and he does not have the reps the other guys have. One, two, it's been a while since he's played second base. Do I think defensively he can do well and his bat can get him in the lineup? Absolutely. But with this surgery, I want to see how he does. I want to see if he's okay, right? Um, Because. Obviously, Jordan Thompson had a surgery prior to the season, and he led the SEC in in, in errors last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how does Gavin respond to the surgery? How does he do? He's full go as of right now. He's able to um, go up against live pitching. We'll see. We'll see how he does. Um, so, I don't think he's your. I don't think he's your day one. I'll say that. I, I think he. I think he could eventually. Uh, let me. Let me take that back. I think eventually he could be your your everyday second baseman. Potentially, I'm not saying he is. Potentially, I don't think he's your day one. I don't think Western Michigan Friday, February seventeenth, Gavin Dugas is your starting second baseman. I don't think it's Gavin Gidry because of just freshmen needing to grow. Um, do I think he will contribute? Absolutely. Day one starter, I do not think it's him. 
I think it comes down to Ben Napolt and Jack Merrifield. And this has been really hard for me because I knew we were going to talk about it tonight. And I knew we were going to, you know, we were going to make each other say, all right, who's the guy? <laughs> who's the guy we're saying? Yeah. And, and this has been really hard for me because Ben Napolt, obviously the guy uh, who, who does very well uh, at the plate, getting on base, very disciplined. Jay Johnson put him in the likes of Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan in plate presence. So if he truly has a plate presence like those guys, like Jay Johnson is saying, that's that's a great you know attribute to have in another player in your lineup. And defensively, I, I think he will do very well. He was uh, first team athletic ten at VCU last year. Great player defensively. Yeah, Jack Merrifield is a player you have been hearing a lot about, about his bat. Jay Johnson said he may have been your leader, I guess in, in, in batting average maybe is what he was saying. Your leading batter this fall and in recent you know scrimmages. And we know at LSU Eunice, he was junior college, uh, like, Second baseman of the year, like defensive – no, excuse me, defensive player of the year. So we know he's got the ability to – and he did it at second base. I know last year we tried to put him at, at third, but his defensive player of the year award came when he played at second at LSU Eunice. Mm-hmm. So we know he can play second base well. Yeah. And it sounds like the bat has improved very well. So it's a really tough decision. <laughs> it really is. I'm going this just solely off of what I've been seeing reported. I think Jack Merrifield is your day one starter. Interesting. Again, Jay Johnson has been adamant. He's not naming a starting second baseman like this is your everyday guy because all of them will contribute in some way. So we're going to see how that plays out and how they kind of feel that out at the beginning of the season. It'll be really interesting to watch. But day one, day one, I think it's Jack Merrifield. I think second base is more of a question than right field. Oh, absolutely. You're, you got four guys competing for it. I think – Four guys who could legitimately play it. Yeah, it is it is the biggest question <laughs> on this team, more so than catcher, more so than – right field more so than your pitching rotation closer yeah. all that stuff it's it's um, your most competitive spot it is your sure. most competitive spot here's what i'll say uh, i agree with you i think it comes down to jack and ben who become the everyday guy i think gavin is going to get a lot of playing time though oh no question no question. he's going to play a lot like his bad is not, a, it's too good to keep him out yeah I, like i think it's a situation where he is at least playing one game a weekend uh, DH, possibly, second base, somehow. Possibly, yeah, possibly two games, uh, two games a week. Like we're gonna see how that he's gonna play, especially if he gets healthy. Um, I agree. I think it's between Jack and Ben, uh, Napolt. But I gotta be honest. I think Napolt wins the job. I, uh, I think he very well could. He's also another player that has been really talked about. Uh, talked with Chris. Uh, Demui a while back, and he he has, and everything I've that we've commented on, whether 
on, you know, potential lineup. And just with me and him texting back and forth in conversations, he is very high on, on the pult. Um, I know NOLA.com is also very high on the pult. So, um, you know, I, I agree. I think it's becoming it's going to be between Merrifield and the Polt because those are the guys that have been mentioned. Um, and the good thing with the Polt is he bats left-handed. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. and he is the only one that bats left-handed out of the four. Gavin's a righty, uh, J- Jack's a righty, and Gavin's a righty. So, I guess I should say the Gavins. <laughs> the Gavins are righties. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gidry, Dugas, and then uh, I'm going blank now on the other one. Jack. Jack. Jack's also a righty. So, you know, Ben's going to offer something different there. Like, when you really got to have a lefty-righty matchup, you're no going to see – I think you're going to see no the goal. So, um, especially, you know, when you have to have them at that position. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a spot that's wide open. Um, I'm very interested. That is going to be a – big storyline to follow this this year uh in regards to playing time who takes over you know all that stuff uh so i'm interested to see how it all plays out. i will say this act because i have i mean i have no idea who is in western michigan's <laughs> pitching staff if it's a right-handed pitcher you're probably gonna see napole you're probably gonna see napole i will say that uh just because That's the lucky right rider matchup so. And that's that's why I expect because you know I mean when you're able to have a lot of lefties in your lineup it's dangerous a lot yeah. of good lefties absolutely like good left-handed hitters like yeah it's gonna be a problem um, Reagan to wrap this up the, obviously the biggest area is the fielding um, y- you know because we ha- had a massive issues with with errors and fielding yeah. this past season uh, how much does that improve this season in your opinion? I think drastically. I think you see a very defensively sound team in terms of the middle of the infield, second shortstop. Okay. I think Trey Morgan becomes elite again. I think the only question mark is Tommy Tanks. You know, how good is he? We don't know. You know, we don't know. We we didn't see that at NC State. Are you at all worried about second base defensively with because of guys having to rotate and maybe not being as, you know, consistent, uh, you know, everyday type guys there? Not really. I, I think all of them can play it very well. Uh, I, I mean, as the only one that I would be worried about, and I wouldn't even say worried, I, I wouldn't even say worried, is Dugas, just because it's been a while for him to play, I, I think. I think naturally he's not really a second baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gidry, Napolt, um, and, and Merrifield, like they're second base guys. Yeah. They're second base shortstop type players. Yeah. Um, not worried about them. I think Jordan Thompson, uh, I mean, I mean, we qu- have quickly forgotten uh how well defensively he played his freshman year, mm-hmm. taking over the third base spot, then taking over the shortstop spot. Yeah. And played very well. Played very well defensively for a freshman. And what was last year, I think, was absolutely a product of an injury that was nagging him, at, you know, coming off surgery, not himself. And with Jay Johnson being like, hey, guys, he's the guy, I'm not worried at all. I think it's yeah. a great year. Trust, trust the coach. Absolutely. 
Jay, Jay Johnson will know way better than I will. So I'm all in on Jordan Thompson. I think he has a, I think he has a huge comeback year. Huge. Going to be exciting. Absolutely. All right, Zach. It's an hour 10. We need to hit one more quick break. We'll come back, and we will wrap the show up right after this. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, all right, everybody. Two weeks out. Two weeks from the day. LSU opens up against Western Michigan. I was talking to Zach this week, um, and I was like, man, they get, they're get they getting started pretty early. I don't know if y'all know the schedule or not. We have Western Michigan to start, and then Southern is the midweek. But the next weekend, the second weekend, is the Round Rock Classic, and you're playing Kansas State, you're playing Iowa, and then you're playing Sam Houston State. And then on Tuesday, you're going to Austin, Texas, to play the Texas Longhorns for a midweek game. I think that's the best midweek game I've seen in a very long time. So I'm really excited about it. They're kicking off really quick uh, against some good opponent opponents. We're two weeks out. I, I, I couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, I'm really enjoying discussing baseball and our projections. I mean, this team is is going to be exciting. Expectations are through the roof. Appreciate all you guys, Ryan, for coming in and and commenting and interacting uh, throughout the show. It's been a great show. We've enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it as well. We'll catch you next time here in the Tigers Avenue. Five-star hero, take us out. Peace.